0: and also protects our clients as well. You can learn more about UpHeal and the awesome work that they're doing in the world uh, by going to sellingthecouch.com forward slash UpHeal. And UpHeal is uh, spelled U-P and then H-E-A-L, all one word. And at checkout, be sure to enter the promo code COUCH25, C-O-U-C-H, and the number 25 to get 25% off your UpHeal plan for the first Two months. Hello, hello. Welcome to session 271 of Selling the Couch. I hope that you are doing well and having a good day. I'm actually recording this in March and it is finally almost 60 degrees. I this has been among so many other things that many of us have struggled with this year. I feel like this year particularly has been really hard. This winter, more specifically living, I don't know if it's the Texan in me, but you know, this brutal winter in the northeast and having to shovel snow and a bunch of stuff has been really taxing. And I I just think the the mental drain of it has been tough. But on a positive note, I have gotten to be a snowblower expert. So, for those of you guys that have never heard of a snowblower like me until I lived in the Northeast, a snowblower is basically like a lawnmower but for snow. And you know, it involves the same thing—putting gas and oil in and navigating this thing—and it helps you basically clear snow a lot easier and makes it pretty efficient. So, I we ended up you know getting a snowblower, and the first time I did this. Epic fail. I had no idea what I was doing. I'm pretty sure my neighbors were looking at me like, what is this kid doing? And the second time I got a little bit better. And the third time, this is going to be really nerdy, but... I. I actually can't believe I'm admitting this, but I created a a template in Notion where I wrote down all my notes for next year so that I I know like all of the little insights and all of those things. And so one of the things I figured out is like the best angles and the best position to be able to efficiently blow snow that so that it doesn't end up like me having to, you know, double uh use the snowblower for, over a certain area. And so It's been a a fun learning experience for sure, but uh, I hope that you're doing well wherever you are. Today's podcast session is actually, it's funny I actually just mentioned that story, completely unintentional, because part of what today is all about is authenticity and more specifically about showing up authentically in videos. Now you may have thought about creating a welcome video for your private practice website, and maybe you have one, and maybe you're not quite happy with it. You feel like you talked a lot, or you didn't quite know what to say, or you were just kind of scared to put yourself out there. If you're in any of those kind of struggles or positions, then this podcast session is definitely for you. My guest today is Brian Nixon. Brian's website is mindfulcounselinggr.com. He's a group practice owner. And I remember seeing the welcome video for the Mindful Counseling GR site several years ago. In fact, many of you, if you're listening, you may have actually seen this video. It's a video about a woman who is working on Working on a, like a dresser that's like really old and has been thrown away and, um, and she's sanding it and there's narration in the background about, you know, the scars that we all carry and how, you know. And showing up as our imperfect selves. It's just like three minute video, and it's a beautiful video. and I'll link to it in the show notes if you have not seen it, which you can find over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 271, or just go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcast and look for session 271. But I remember seeing this video and just being, I don't know, it just hit at such a deep and core level. And I just could not stop watching this video. At this point, I've probably watched this video about 15 to 18 times. And uh, it's just such a powerful way to create a welcome video. And Brian's actually joining us for this podcast session. And he's going to break down how he created this video. I guess some of the things that clinicians miss when they create welcome videos. And then he's going to wrap up with some of the top tips that he's learned when you do create a, a welcome video. There's a really good quote about marketing and authenticity that Brian shares in this episode that I'll share at the, the end of this episode as well. But definitely, I think it's a well worth like not just hearing it, but really taking it in. So we'll get right to today's podcast session. Here's my session with Brian Nixon from mindfulcounselinggr.com. Today's podcast is supported by Turning Point HQ. Uh, this is a brand new sponsor on the STC podcast. But David and well, I call him Dave. Dave and I have gotten to know each other over the past two years. He was a previous STC podcast guest, and honestly, Dave is one of the most kind and generous and helpful people that I know. And with sponsors, you guys know I'm, I'm super discretionary in terms of who I share. Uh, the STC audience with. And Dave, when uh, we talked about sponsorship, he was one of those people, I had zero doubt. And so Dave is a financial planner, uh, specifically for therapists. And his whole mission is to transform your relationship with money. I know for many of us, uh, money is something that, and the money stories that we have often been told It impacts a lot of how we do business. It impacts how we approach things like retirement, investing, and all of those things. And Dave understands that. And he comes from just a very heart-centered place to help us build out an investment in a retirement portfolio. Dave actually has this really cool guide. Uh, It's absolutely free to download. And it's called The Seven Money Mistakes That Hold Therapists Back. You can find it over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash turning point HQ. And that guide has a lot of the things that, that can hold a lot of therapists back. And actually, if you go through that link as well, you get $200 off any service that Dave provides. So we'll get right to today's podcast session. Here's my conversation with Brian Nixon from mindfulcounselinggr.com. Hey, Brian, welcome to Selling the Couch. Thanks, Melvin.
1: So good to be with you.
0: And I'm one grateful for, this is our second conversation and I'm grateful for a, a nice friendship that's emerged and I'm grateful for you, grateful for this time together and grateful for this topic because I think creating videos and more specifically a welcome video is something that a lot of clinicians think about mm-hmm. and some clinicians do, but you know, it can be really intimidating and you've created something that's like absolutely beautiful. And so I'm really mm. grateful to have this conversation
1: yeah thank you so much and i would say the gratitude is very mutual as we were talking right before starting to record uh i just told you i had this awareness of like you know i just really like talking to you like this just feels good this is fun so really really delighted to be on and share this space with you
0: oh absolutely why a video
1: i think aesthetics matter and with my counseling practice We've been very intentional about the space that we occupy. You know, prior to COVID, obviously that meant like our literal physical space. And so really being intentional about how the space feels and looks and even sounds and smells. Like we have things like essential oil diffusers and some music and that kind of stuff there and the reason the space matters is because it's the container for the sacred work of therapy it's what's holding the work in a way in addition to the container of the therapeutic alliance and relationship there's a physical space so that often gets very ritualized in a lot of ways you know clients come back and often they park in the same spot they did before if it's available and they'll sit in the same spot in the waiting room and we also have like tea and water available. And so they'll get the same kind of tea as they wait. And then they come into the room and they sit in the same space. And there is this sort of way that the space is like the silent partner in the therapeutic relationship. And so why a video is linked to that idea for us that it's a visual experience. And there's something about visual learning that really connects for people in a way that's sometimes felt right even before it's thought about and and that's that feels really important and so for me the video was intended to be a way where we could communicate the message of what we're about you know how we view the work of therapy but also to evoke a feeling um, a sense of what is it like to enter into the therapeutic process and what might it be like to do that at mindful counseling gr and what kind of, essentially, I guess, for lack of a better word, what kind of vibe is there to our practice? And um, so those are are some of the the key things to me uh, about why a video. It just felt really important to give a glimpse into what the experience might be like for someone who comes in.
0: That's like so beautifully said. I One of the things you said was you wanted to like communicate a certain feeling or a vibe, right? Mm-hmm. I guess maybe it's sort of a two-part question. What is that vibe you want to communicate? And then the second part is, is that something that sort of was clear from the get-go or is that something that's kind of emerged for you, you know, as the practice has grown and as you've even developed as a person and as a business owner?
1: What the vibe is, well, I guess I can quickly answer the second part. Like, yes, that was intentional from the beginning. And the vibe that we're trying to communicate is one that like uh, as human beings we innately have what we need to flourish in the world like it's in there and and yet we live in a world that's full of of pain and suffering and trauma and all of these things that mark us and a lot of times we create Defenses and survival strategies around those painful markings early in life often that that go unconscious, and then we have this conscious part of ourselves. Maybe we call it the ego, the I, like how I understand myself in the world that we live from. And it's not that that's false, but it's not complete. Like there's a whole world of who else we also are in the unconscious space. But often when we're we feel our wounds and we live from that place, from these survival strategies. And there can often be a lot of shame connected with that, where some part of us deeply feels like there's got to be more to who I am than this, or I'm not the way that my family says I should be, or my culture says I should be, or whoever the, the sense of pressure is coming from to, to be a certain way. And we look at our scars often with a sense of like, oh, I'm, I'm broken because I was wounded in that way. And so part of what we wanted to communicate was like, that's not entirely true. Like, part of what's true is that there's a whole story to who you are that can be, you know, healed and integrated. And it doesn't replace the scars and the wounds, but it, it, it begins to live beside them in a way that is actually a much richer human experience than. If the wounds were just not there at all, because I think through our, how we navigate suffering, there's a a potential for a a deep well of wisdom and, and how we can evolve as humans. So I would say that's the brief version. We really wanted to communicate that, like, just because you're struggling, it doesn't mean you're broken and that there's no hope.
0: Mm, Yeah. I think one of the things that really resonated in that video is, I mean, you, took like a was it uh, was a desk mm-hmm. or dresser yeah yeah,
1: yeah. like a, a little dresser desk
0: yes yeah and I thought that was such a beautiful image I mean your wife like laboriously like like working on this like worn down like dresser desk you know and you mm-hmm. said like I remember you even using the word scars in that mm-hmm. video and just that word even when you said it now there was such a like I felt it here you know
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
0: yeah, I I guess how did the idea for the dresser come from? Like where, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's it's a couple of things actually. I think part of it was really from my training in my master's program. I went to the Seattle School of Theology and Psychology, which is very much a, a depth-oriented program. There's it's kind of rooted in relational psychodynamic theory and some narrative work and and so there was always this question of like, what's at the core of who we are as humans? Like we were wrestling with with that beyond just like symptom management or symptom reduction and or problems and solutions. It was much more like what's going on underneath all of that, which I've just historically been really compelled by that pursuit rather than like what are the symptoms and how do we best manage them, which I think there's a place for that and it's needed. And it's not where I'm particularly compelled to work. So um, I think it was in me in that way. And then maybe the funnier answer to that question is like the company that created the video is owned by my best friend. It's MatchFrame Creative and Jay Irwin. I've known him since like junior high. We've been best friends. And so he knows me in a way that aside from my wife, like few other people know me. And so we were actually just standing in my kitchen one afternoon or evening and talking. And I was like, man, I think I, I'd love to hire you to shoot a video for my counseling practice. And and I was like, I don't really know how to do it because as I kind of scan the landscape of what other counselors are creating. Like, you know, in all honesty, I don't really want that because what I was seeing was... Something like people setting up an iPhone or or whatever they have and just kind of almost recording a selfie of them sort of nervously talking about what they do and where they were trained and what sort of issues they specialize in treating and what types of therapy they use to do that again, I just was like, I don't, I think that's, can be helpful for clients to know. But I I was actually, again, sort of going after like, I want to create a vibe. I want to create a feeling like, okay, so this is one way to think about it. As I was looking at that, I was almost like, it felt like a lot of therapist videos were like a job interview for their colleagues. Like I went to school here and I achieved this and I specialize in this. And it's very clinical, very technical language a lot of times. And I was just like, That's like the wrong audience because who I'm really aiming for is like the, the potential client at 3am who's like anxious or depressed and just like, like endlessly scrolling through the internet, hoping to, to land on something that feels like there's hope or, or life in it somehow. And so I was like, how do we, how do we do that? Because What they're really, they don't care where I went to school or what my credentials are or, you know, what specialties I have. What they want to know is like, will you see me? Will you hear me? And will you connect with me? And so that was sort of the aim that, and so I was telling Jay this stuff and his mind, like he is a brilliant creative thinker, like (laughs) again, sort of unlike many people I've ever met. And within 30 seconds, he's like, oh, I've got an idea. He's like, he knew my wife too so he's like ange loves restoring old furniture like she's super passionate about that and he just started talking and we're like and then we both just started getting excited of like oh this is amazing and so like something about this idea of like she sees an old piece of furniture like sometimes it was free literally on the side of the street somebody was throwing it out um, and it looks beaten and broken down and she sees some other kind of potential in it and like her ability to have a vision for what can emerge from those scars that's actually enhances the beauty of the product you know and so we're talking about this and he's like this is such a perfect metaphor for how you think about counseling and what you guys are about in your community and so what if we shoot the video this way where you know you're talking over it and you're you're sharing your perspective on what the healing work of therapy is while Ange is doing this work in the background on this piece of furniture and we'll zoom in on how it looks at the beginning when it's kind of just like nothing really all that attractive to look at and then we'll just kind of go through the video and she'll be fixing it up and restoring it and then there will be this beautiful reveal at the end where it's not in essence any different than it was when it was on the curb, but there's something more alive that also comes out of it and that it can be still very uh, like a, a deeply beautiful thing, maybe even more beautiful than it was when it was first purchased without scars. And so,
0: yeah, I don't even know what to say. I mean, it's such a beautiful, like the image is beautiful and the fact that you guys linked it together And I mean, and you have a great narrating voice, you know, (laughs) there's something about it that's, you know, it's like comforting and friendly and, you know, Mm -hmm. all of those things. And yeah, it's, it was just, it was, yeah, just so, so well thought out and so well done. And then I think the other thing is like, you guys communicated this, something you went from like surface level to really deep connection and i think the video was like less than what three minutes right
1: yeah i think it's right around three minutes yeah
0: which is like pretty unbelievable because i mean i like you like i've seen welcome videos and even i've struggled with videos where i feel like once i start talking i don't stop talking you know (laughs) but like every word was intentional
1: Mm -hmm. yeah like and you know, I thank you for your comments about my narrating voice. <laughs> Appreciate that. And like the the idea of a narration or a story was also really important because I think that's what our lives are. We're we're storied people. We have a a beginning, a middle, and an eventual end. Right. And so there's in that there are characters and there are plots and there are scenes and themes that run throughout our whole life. And sometimes there's something really powerful about telling your story for the first time and telling it with with deep honesty, maybe in ways that have never been spoken before. And that something, something beautiful and healing can emerge in the telling of the story. And so part of the reason for there being a narrative flow to the video was because I think that connects to the human experience. It's why we love good movies, it's why we love good books, it's why we love you know any type of compelling story because it's connecting with some almost like deep archetypal energy within all of us that there's some some way that the themes of humanity are are just communicated through story better than maybe any other form.
0: Absolutely and I and I think to that point, I think that's one of the most, that's what makes a powerful welcome video, right? Mm-hmm. It's not the credentials, it's not, but it's creating something memorable that c- allows potential clients to connect to you and share in that joint human experience. Absolutely. What would you say are three tips if, you know, someone's listening to this and they, are getting really excited about creating a welcome video,
1: hmm.
0: what would you share with them?
1: Three tips. Well, I think on before you even get to the point of creating a video for marketing, I think part of the goal of marketing is that something authentic comes through, especially in our field. We're not just trying to sell a product. We're We're really trying to offer something good to the world. And so authenticity matters in that. And so I think the the preliminary work to even creating a video is, as therapists, be willing to do your own work. Meaning, have you really taken a deep dive into your own story, your own markings, your own woundings, in a way that you feel connected to your own story? Because if you haven't done that work, like that will get communicated through your video, whether you intend to communicate that or not. And and so i would say start there and then from that work i think we can connect to our sense of of purpose or meaning or our why in the world that we can live from like the video isn't my why in the world it's just a manifestation or a form of the why coming out you know that the the why is actually deeply connected to my own being my own psyche my own soul however you want to say that like it's connected to it's something much deeper. And then that part of the self finds expression in the world in all kinds of different forms. And so the video is just one of those forms. And so being connected to your your sense of why in the world is super important because that will also come through and and it will resonate with other people as you tell that story. So I would say those are the things that come to mind the most. How do you communicate something as connected to yourself and authentic as possible because that that's what will connect with others
0: you just said oh my gosh i think i'm gonna this is gonna go on my quote wall you said the goal of marketing is to let the authenticity come through i mean Mm. i've just never thought about it in those words i mean it's something that i tried to do but i've never like heard it in that phrase and that's so true you know
1: yeah, I think most of the time marketing kind of gets conceptualized as how do I sell something? And so the thought process goes into more into what the end result of the marketing will be and so you're aiming at a target. And that's not bad, but I think there's particularly in, you know, the world of therapy where you're not just selling a product, it's really important to like let go of of the end result of the marketing, at least initially, and really connect to your own heart and mind and being so that you can authentically communicate what you're offering. Because essentially, if we're going to keep staying like marketing language, you and what you're offering are the product. And so the more authentically you can put that out in the world, the the more it will land with the right people, the right clients who would likely be a good fit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I recently finished reading Show Your Work by Austin Kleon, great book I think if you, you know, if you struggle with authenticity and just showing up in like imperfect ways and one of the things that he kept saying in that book is, you know, a lot of times people people wait until the final result, right, in order to show that but what humanity and what others are really interested in is the journey of you getting there. And one of his arguments really is, you know, like for example, like I think he's saying in general, but I took it to mean like, you know, as, as a business owner, one of the most powerful things that you can do is like, for example, focus on a platform, right? Whatever that, whatever you feel like your strengths is. Like, if you're a more visual person, something like Instagram may make sense. If you are more of a auditory person, maybe starting a podcast. If you're more of you know you like video maybe you like a youtube channel whatever it is right but showing up in an imperfect way and showing people the process because they remember that you know especially as you grow and develop and all of these things you know and i think it was just so it was empowering for me because for me i think a lot of times i struggle a lot with like perfectionism and feeling like I can't show myself, especially in front of colleagues until and unless I've presented a certain way, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what a beautiful invitation to like show your imperfection as you're going and developing, because I think, you know, that's what being human is. It's a constant unfolding. As you were saying that I had this sort of thought, you know, I think... Part of the shadow side of that invitation is you have you still have perfectionists trying to show their imperfection, and so they're perfecting the art of showing their imperfection. So it's still very curated, which is why I think you know maybe it's more about like how do you how do you present your authenticity that may include mistakes, and but because I think you can curate uh, an Instagram feed that's like I look how open and vulnerable I am. And where it's very yeah. selective about like, I'll show these mistakes. And yeah. I mean, who knows? They could even be orchestrated, but yeah, it feels like the shadow side of that invitation.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, now that's definitely like a trend on social media, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but I think maybe what I hear in that is like show your mistakes, but come from a place of one having done your own work and mm-hmm. sort of just greater level of self awareness maybe of, i don't know if that's even the right phrase of why you're doing it
1: yeah no that resonates i think that's that's the key to to all of it like do your work and be connected to what you're saying and authentically express yourself mistakes and all to the extent that's safe and makes sense to you i mean you don't i guess you don't want to put yourself out in a, a way that i don't know might somehow be unsafe to to present your mistakes, you have to kind of think of the context you're presenting to you as well. So there's a lot in the balance, I think, when it comes to how to authentically market.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think one of the things that's been just even helpful to that point is like surrounding yourself with people that, that know you, like you said, right? And that, that know your heart, know your work, and even just running it by them, especially if you are struggling with sharing, you want to share something, but it's that's personal and vulnerable but you know you want to make sure it's like i guess cautious you know mm-hmm. in a way yeah safety wise i'm mm-hmm. saying yeah so brian i'm just so grateful for you you i'm grateful for this time i can't believe the time just like flew by um wanted to wrap up uh you're busy as a group practice owner you have a lot you have a big passion for relationally focused psychodynamic therapy in fact you mm-hmm. You teach teach this. You've developed a program. Tell us a little bit more about this post grad continuing ed program.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for that. So it it's called relationally focused psychodynamic therapy. It's a two year post grad continuing ed program for therapists that was actually developed by a mentor of mine and former professor Roy Barsness, who wrote a book called. Core competencies of relational psychoanalysis, which is a bit of a mouthful for a book title, but it's just this really lovely book that has some practical ways of like, how, what does relational psychoanalysis mean? And what are some of the ways that it, it can be applied and from that it just has emerged into this continuing ed program where it's hugely experiential it's rooted in depth psychology dialogical philosophy and and neuroscience really there was a study that was done by the APA i think it was came out in like 2018 or 19 but basically had something to do with like they were trying to prove that the person of the therapist could be interchangeable as long as the technique was executed correctly, That it's the technique that's the most important thing. So if you're doing the therapy right, then it doesn't really matter who's doing it, it's gonna be helpful. Well, what the decades of research that they compiled in this study showed was the exact opposite, almost to the extent where it was like, it doesn't matter what style of therapy you are doing. It doesn't matter what tools you're using. The most most significant determining factor of the outcome of therapy is the relationship between the client and the therapist. That something in that sort of connection is the restorative healing thing. And so this program... Is was developed because we were saying like, well, if that's true, if it's the relationship, that's the healing thing, how do we actually work there in the here and now with this understanding of like, we all have an unconscious and part of that unconscious is repeating the the wounds and the trauma from the past again and again and again. And we feel stuck in that way. And then it says like, but there, you know, kind of what Carl Jung said about that idea was like, things are, are repeating themselves because they're trying to get this, psyche is actually trying to move you forward and heal and be more expansive in the world in that way and so part of the work of relationally focused psychodynamic therapy is like how do we stay in the relationship with the client and check in with ourselves? like what's getting stirred in me and how is my unconscious maybe interacting with theirs and what's the third thing that's being created in the middle space in the between and what in that might be a repetition from the client's deep past that's actually trying to get discovered and worked through to a different outcome so that it can be healed and integrated and open them up to a more fulfilling life. And so that's sort of the, the premise of the program. And so it's hugely experiential. It's sort of experience into theory rather than theory into experience which is i think different than a lot of other training programs they give you a lot of theory on the front end and then say go practice this and what we're doing is saying like actually let's get into the experience first so you have an embodied feeling of what this is and then the theory is going to make a lot more sense when we wrap it around the experience
0: that's awesome Uh, where can we learn more about the program
1: it is Housed in the Seattle School of Theology and Psychology. And so they have a website there. It's theseattleschool.edu. And I believe it's under, let's see.
0: A, I can definitely link to it on the show notes. if it's, Okay,
1: awesome. Yeah. One more thing I'd like to say about it is uh, it is it's a hybrid program. And so it begins, each year begins with an in-person retreat in Seattle, Woodby Island at this beautiful retreat center. And so it's an intensive weekend where everybody's gathered together and we share meals and we have learning times and do all these experiences. And then there's, you know, you're in the Pacific Northwest, so it's just gorgeous. And then from there, we do every two weeks, a zoom meeting where there's a case consult. Somebody brings a case as sort of the muse for the whole group. And then we work the case together through this particular lens. And then there's a time of learning at the end of each two-hour block. And so the theory kind of gets integrated towards the end of the experience each, each time we meet. And, so, and then in the spring, there's usually another retreat to kind of wrap up the year as well.
0: Awesome. Um, it sounds like an amazing program. I'm really grateful that you guys, one, developed it and uh, you're part of it. Uh, that's cool. Thank uh, you. Definitely. I'll definitely put it in the show notes for you guys because I know you, you might be listening and really curious about it.
1: So. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you for making some space for that part of the conversation yeah. too.
0: No problem at all. Uh, Brian, i uh, really grateful for you. Thank you again for this conversation.
1: Yeah, thank you, Melvin. Hopefully we can connect more down the road. Yeah, sounds good. Have a great rest of your day. You too, bye-bye.
0: Hey there, hope you enjoyed my conversation with Brian, and especially if you have been thinking about creating a welcome video, or if you're just not quite happy with your welcome video, I hope that today's podcast session has been helpful for you and has given you some new insights. I was thinking about this video, or this video, this podcast conversation, and actually thinking about the welcome video that I have on the STC site, which I guess I recorded this back in 2015, 2016, sometime around there when I was a lot younger and had a lot less gray hair. But um, I had, uh, I remember uh, recording this in a coffee shop and it's kind of, and it was, it's a, it's a good video and it definitely sort of, you know, told the story of selling the couch. But this uh, conversation is really making me think about maybe it's re- time to redo that video uh, just to, just to kind of share a little bit more of my own story. And I have to kind of figure out what that is. But I would love to like hear from you. And, and the best way to do that is if you go to the Selling the Couch community, sellingthecouch.com forward slash community, And if this session has just been helpful and is giving you some ideas about how to create a welcome video, I would love to, we'd love to like learn and, and support one another as we, as we uh, navigate this. What you'll find is a post that's related to this podcast episode when it's live. And feel free to just leave a comment there and uh, feel free to tag me as well. And uh, definitely happy to take a second look at things. One of the things that the Brian said that's gonna really resonate with me. He said, "You know the goal of marketing is to let your authenticity come true. And I hope that that's one of the biggest takeaways that you have from this conversation that you know, one of the most courageous things, but one of the most one of the best gifts that we can give to ourselves and to others is to show up as we are imperfect. You know, I remember recording the conversation that i had last week about my you know my goal of giving up my private practice dreams at least in this season just to focus 100% on stc and that was absolutely terrifying you know but the feedback i've gotten from that episode has just been so encouraging and it's such an interesting thing you know you're i i sat on that episode for for months and and then when it's actually released in the world it it gets support and you feel connected. So I wanted to encourage you with that as well. Show notes to today's episode can be found over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 271. Before we wrap up, just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Turning Point HQ for supporting today's podcast session the Turning Point HQ is the result or is the brainchild of David Frank, who is a financial planner for therapists. And as I've mentioned before, uh, Dave and I actually have gotten to be good friends, just an awesome person to work with. And one of the things that Dave will help us to do is create a holistic and an intentional retirement and of an investing plan that supports you to lead a really awesome life. Because ultimately, I think for many of us, it's we invest, right, to create the life that we want, and uh, it's to do it in an intentional way. And Dave, honestly, is just one of the most, like, heart-centered folks that I've ever met, and you're absolutely going to be in good hands with him. You can learn more about Turning Point HQ and the awesome services that they provide over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Turning HQ. And if you go through that link, uh, Dave actually created this seven- financial mistakes that therapists make. It's a free downloadable, and uh, you can download it right there. And then you also get $200 off any any of the services that Dave provides. Be sure to mention that you heard it on STC. Have a great rest of your week, and I will see you soon. Bye.